Welcome to Just Do It HQ, a podcast from Uninterrupted celebrating the 30-year anniversary of those three words. In this podcast, we're talking to athletes, some in their prime and others primed to make it big. We'll hear how they reach the top of their game, how they train both mentally and physically, the stories behind their success, and what makes them more than an athlete. I'm your host, Denise Jones, here at Just Do It HQ in Los Angeles. I'm an athlete. I was a swimmer and I played basketball and soccer growing up too. These days, I don't play a professional sport, but I do pride myself on staying fit. To me, fitness means running back on D and still having a jumper at the end of a hard game. To others, it might mean being able to play soccer with their kids or just not getting winded walking up the stairs at work. Today, we're going to talk to some people who have a much higher and more measurable definition of fitness, CrossFit athletes. Our first guest is known as the second fittest woman on earth. Hi, I'm Kara Saunders and I am an individual CrossFit Games athlete. Carl's a CrossFit athlete from Down Under. She has been named Australia's fittest woman four times this decade. She's competed in the prestigious CrossFit Games six times and finished second last year. In other words, Carl's the real deal and sat down with us in the studio here at Just Do It HQ. I'm 28 years old. I've been doing CrossFit for pretty much my whole 20s, so it's pretty much to anyone else to find you know, I guess how they look at me for a really long time now. How do you describe CrossFit to people who have never heard of it? I get asked a lot actually here in the US, ironically, every time I'm like traveling around, people are like, man, you're so big, you're so small, like you work out, what do you do? And I'm like, I do CrossFit. I'm like, what? what's that? Like everyone thinks like powerlifting or whatever. And I mean, I kind of explain it that it's a strength and conditioning program. And we do a little bit of everything to be physically capable at everything. Um, I said we lift barbells in many different ways. We lift them heavy, with, we lift them light. We work in different time domains and we do gymnastic skills. And then we do all of your in, endurance or, mono, or monostructural um, elements. So run, row, ride, anything that you could do physically, you know, we put into various combinations to try and build a superhuman. But long before Kara tried to make herself superhuman, she had different goals. What was Kara's craziest dream growing up before she even got into fitness? <laughs> well, looking back on any on any of my um, my little books from like kindergarten or preschool or whatever, it was a race car driver, but um, I outgrew that pretty quickly. I just spent too much time around cars. And then uh, I swam. So, you know, we have a lot of pools. It's kind of one of our main sport um, in Australia, every kid kind of swims and, you know, I wanted to be the next Susie O'Neill. She was my role model and, you know, Madam Butterfly, I wanted to do that. And then, um, I kind of realized that I didn't, I wasn't ready to be competitive. And, uh, when people were pushing me in a competitive direction, I didn't like it. I just wanted to swim for the fact that I wanted to swim. And so I stopped doing that, you know, now I'm ready to be competitive and to be pushed, but I just wasn't then. But then honestly, like I watched my mom kind of work really hard and, you know, we kind of struggled growing up and my main goal was just to live a good life and to be able to pay my bills and to own my own home. And then, you know, when I ticked that box, everything else was a bonus, you know, to be able to like not struggle and maybe help her out and help my little sister out or whatever and like just appreciate those basic things. That was all my goal ever really was. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, so I think everything else it was a perfect setup to appreciate other things because everything else has just been an awesome bonus. Competitive CrossFit is a relatively new sport. 
the first CrossFit Games only happened in 2007. Carl didn't have a CrossFit athlete to look up to as a kid because, well, they didn't exist yet. But that doesn't mean Carl didn't have heroes growing up. You know what, I, uh, I grew up a, an only child for a really, really long time. I have a little sister now, but there's a, a big gap between us. So um, I grew up mainly an only child for a long time and with a single parent. So my mom was pretty much my main influence and she was always working really hard. And you hear that story a lot, really. Um, you know, single parents are always... You wonder, especially now at my age, I'm like, how on earth did they do that? That'd be so hard. You know, I struggle traveling on my own and she's raising a kid on her own. Like, it's insane. Um, But she also happened to be a really, really strong woman and she kind of just made things work. And, you know, when people sort of said, hey, you know, you're not really going to be able to give this child an opportunity. She was like, yes, I will. Like, I'll do the best I can. And she always set a really good example for me and she instilled in me a very, very strong work ethic. And, you know, that's something that's really important for a parent to do from a very early, an early age. And so I think between her and spending a lot of time with my grandparents, um, who are amazing people in a totally different regard, but always been really hardworking people, they were the perfect example that I needed to be in the position that I'm in working so hard now. Carr credits her mom not only with setting a strong example for her as a child, but also with igniting her CrossFit career. I played a lot of sport as a kid and I was really competitive. And then I went into high school and did normal high school stuff and didn't really compete, didn't really do much exercise at all. And then after high school, you know, in Australia, we turn 18 and we can go out to clubs and do all that kind of stuff. And I did that like everyone does. And I kind of got to a point, I'm like, man, I don't feel really good. Like, I don't feel like I'm going anywhere. I don't feel like I have a lot of self-pride or self-esteem. And I had this conversation with my mom. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where I'm going. And she said, come to the gym with me. Start by exercising, see a personal trainer so that somebody that you have to be accountable to, you know, you have to be there at a particular time and they're going to hold you accountable for what you do. And it really kind of just set the tone for, okay, I'm doing something that's, you know, physically positive. It's good for my body, you know, good for my mind, but it also sort of trained you know, that, that having to be somewhere and having to work hard and, you know, sometimes doing things that are a little harder than, than maybe you think you can do and overcoming that. And that was her answer, you know, and still to this day, like for me, if someone comes to me with the same kind of thing, I'm like, Hey man, like, how are you eating? And are you doing any exercise? Get amongst it. Um, you know, it was pretty much, I guess the best thing that ever happened to me was that tiny little bit of advice, come to the gym, turn up, let's exercise together. So Carl started exercising with her mom and eventually got into CrossFit, but she had no idea that it would become such a big part of her life. Tell us about the CrossFit games. Yeah, the CrossFit games. I mean, it's, it's just an extension of, and a a crazy, um, interpretation of CrossFit, I guess, as a sport, you know, like, um, CrossFit in itself has been designed as a as a way of life and to promote health and well-being in your general community and to get everybody involved in so many aspects and and you know I own a CrossFit affiliate I own a gym for that very reason and to be able to offer that to my my local community and my family and friends the CrossFit Games then was like hey let's take that let's take that strength and conditioning program and let's prove it let's see how this thing works on a competitive level and how physically capable these people can be under this training plan and then we end up doing all these crazy things right um you know I guess that's why we love it we're just sort of like I said we're wired that way if you're if you're a competitive CrossFit athlete you know it's we thrive on an environment like that so terrible and scary as it is (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean to interrupt there so let's break it up even more how many events do you guys have 
on average, you know, like we could say somewhere between like maybe 12 and 15 over the course of the week. So that changes each year depending on the structure of the workout and and how long each component, each event is. Um, but that's sort of your, your base guideline. And then how does the scoring work if you have 12 and 13? Yeah, so uh, it's based off like a, a 100 point system. So for first place in a workout, you will get 100 points and then for every placing below that it just gets less and less and then essentially the female or the male with the most amount of points at the end of all of those um, events is the winner and how close can it get sometimes ridiculously close last year for example like I came second by two points and you know you could look back you know we achieved 900 and something points um, which was huge amount of points that you can you can tally up between say Tia and myself who were so close at the top and there were two points that that separated us so you know you can look back at one second one rep there's a handful of girls anyone can take it and you just hope that you've ticked every single box that you possibly can to take the most points at the end despite losing by two points 994 to 992 carl left last year's crossfit games with a good attitude I was elated. I was so happy and content with what I had done. There was a lot more that went behind my placing last year than than just numbers and just events. And, you know, I I was really proud of how I conducted myself as a person and as an athlete last year, probably more than ever. And so to be there, I, I had no expectations because I'd had such a crazy year and I was so grateful that I was able to do what I had trained and fall back on my training and and end up with such an amazing place and you know not for a moment did I ever feel disappointed about you know the two points if anything it kind of just excited me and and I didn't want to take away from myself how amazing of an achievement that actually was and um, it's too easy to look at it and see what it isn't instead of seeing what it is and you know the next day I just enjoyed spending some time like downtime my hubby and I actually flew to Mexico we just um you know, ate tacos and, you know, drank too many margaritas and things like that. But um, just totally unwind and enjoy all of the hard work and, and, and just kind of soak it up together and then write a plan later. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You've got to be proud of yourself for what you've done. Otherwise it's just not worth it. After last year's CrossFit games, Cara is officially the second fittest woman on earth. I wanted to know more about her formula for getting where she is today. So what would you say is your secret to success? I think to start, to be headed in the right direction for success, you need to make sure that what you're doing aligns with you truly first. I truly don't believe that anyone is going to be successful if they're not doing something that is their truth and that is something that has good intentions behind it. I think you have to have good intentions and you have to really look at yourself and be like, is this what I want to be doing or am I doing it for the right or the wrong reasons? And you are straight away set up for success if you've chosen to do the right thing. You know, if that's, if it makes you happy to mow lawns and go mow lawns, you know, like whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But, you know, you could be the most successful lawnmower in town if it's what you love doing. That's part one. And then it's just commitment and just turning up every single day, pay attention, learn, forever be a student and just constantly come back to why you're doing it. And, and if it's if it's what you should be doing, if it's what you love and then you just show some commitment and get it done, then, you know, you're going to be successful in some way or, or another. Something else Cara recommends? Working out here at Just Do It HQ. 
I should have known when I was coming here how cool it was going to be. And I totally, every single every single time with Nike, I always underestimated. Um, <laughs> I spent time in Portland last year after the games and it was epic. It like blew me away. And then when I sort of, you know, when the guy said, hey, come stop by, I'm like, I made it a priority to stay here in, in LA for a couple of days after a flight. And it's blown me away. I think the whole... Um, I guess the whole concept of this space is amazing to come in and have a facility for athletes. It was so much more holistic and everything was covered more than I thought. Like I thought, hey, I'm just going to come in and do a little bit of a workout, a bit of a sweat sesh. And not only can I do that with all the cool facilities, but everyone's here ready with food and drinks and we've got cryotherapy and, you know, everything that can, all those things that I talk about, you know, ticking those boxes and to support an athlete, it was all here. And, and obviously everyone's just so awesome. It takes a lot to be a CrossFit athlete. Carl works out, eats and sleeps focused on being the best athlete she can be. But she does have a little free time left and spends it well. I keep it pretty simple. There's a lot of things that I wish I could be doing, but I own a gym and I definitely don't have as much time for it as I would like to being an athlete. But luckily I have amazing people helping me, helping me to do that. Um, But that is a huge part of what I do and a huge passion that I can't wait to have more time for, like in the off season. Um, I love having that, being in that position in the community that I have people come together and just do like watch people you see the space that you created and that all your hard work that brought in money paid for this space and then these people get to come in and, you know, it could be the best part of their day. That's a huge part of, of what I love and what I do. But um, my, my passions, I, I really have a, a passion for, for health in general. I'm looking to take a couple of subjects online and maybe integrate back into to some a little bit of study Uh, which is really exciting me in that nutrition and health kind of aspect. And that's sort of something that's always excited me. So I spent a lot of time, yeah, doing that kind of stuff, I guess. As a CrossFit athlete and also in the community, Carl has been just doing it for a long time now. What does just do it mean to you? For me, it's about not overcomplicating anything. Figure out what makes you happy and then just do that. Just just commit to it and enjoy it and don't apologize for it. That's what it's meant to me. It's very, very simple. And that was Kara Saunders, the second fittest woman on earth. Next up, we spoke with another CrossFit athlete. I'm Lauren Fisher, um, six-time CrossFit Games athlete. I have also competed in Olympic weightlifting. I just graduated from school at San Diego State University last year with a business marketing degree. Congrats. Um, and I'm only 24 years old. Like Cara, Lauren's story starts with family. Let's take it back to when you were 10 years old. <laughs> what did you, you, you made a bet with your father when you were 10. Tell us about it. So my dad and I, well, not really a bet, but basically my dad kind of challenged me to see if I could do 100 push-ups in a row. And like, basically I told my dad, like, yeah, I can do 100 push-ups in a row. And so he basically gave me some money if I was going to do these 100 push-ups. And I basically knocked out 100 in a row. I think honestly it was more than 100, maybe like 120. But I was only like 50 pounds or however much you weigh when you're 10 years old, just like tiny little figure. Um, So it was so easy. But like, I can't do 100 push-ups in a row now. Like, no way. Even though CrossFit's relatively new, she's been an athlete for basically her entire life. What were some of your craziest dreams as a kid growing up? Um, so like as I was, I was obviously really big into basketball. So I mean, I started playing when I was in third grade, so maybe like eight years old, and I 
immediately I wanted to be a WNBA basketball player. Like I looked up to girls like Diana Taurasi. Um, and so like, I just wanted to be like them and I wanted to go play ball in college and like get a full ride scholarship and go on to play in the WNBA. And obviously like as I went, I played a, for a competitive high school team. Um, we were back to back state champions. Um, and so like we were constantly had college scouts come out to our games and practices and like, it was just a full time grind all the time. And so, but kind of like my dreams changed a little bit. Like I found CrossFit in high school at the same time. And I started falling in love with CrossFit more than basketball, just because it was something new and like some, like a new challenge. CrossFit is hard work. Day in, day out, Lauren pushes her body to the limit. And with the CrossFit games coming up in August, that means more work in and out of the gym. Give, give us what's a day in your life, Lauren, when you're working out, when you're competing for the CrossFit Games. Give us a, a, a peek of what a day in your life is like. Um, so I like immediately tell you like yesterday I went biking. I did a 50K bike ride in the morning. I woke up at 7 a.m. and we went 7, at 7.30, met a group of people and we went biking 50 kilometers so came back at 10 and then I took a nap I ate or I ate some food took a nap and then I went back into the gym at 12 and then we trained from like 12 to 3 30 and so I did like some snatches and then I did like a metcon and then after that rested a little bit and then immediately went straight to the rock climbing gym and then we uh bouldered for like just like an hour and that was just more for fun and then after bouldering i came home and i probably laid on the couch because i was so tired from like all the training i don't think people realize like how draining it is to like train as much as we do and like at such high intensity like it takes everything out of you like immediately when you come home you just need like an hour to just like not think because your brain can't function like you're just so tired like from all the training but obviously you're getting better like I'm training like preparing myself for like anything and everything and like I knew I got better that day but it's just like coming home like so drained so I like I need that hour to just like just like maybe go on Instagram or just like do absolutely nothing like watch friends um and then make dinner and maybe like hang out like with my boyfriend or my brother um go to sleep like 9, 30, 10, and then do it all again. Lauren shared some insight on what's going on in her mind before she competes and how she motivates herself. What keeps you motivated when you're absolutely tired? It's, it's the last days of the CrossFit Games. It's the last time or the last few minutes of your workout of the day. Yeah. You're, you know, this event in particular is absolutely challenging. What's going on in your mind to get you to finish? I think honestly just setting like small goals inside my head so like not even thinking about the other movements in the workout so like starting with the row like I have a goal pace that I'm gonna hold the entire time and just focusing on like breathing and staying relaxed and just like positive mentality like this feels easy like this is fun like just like all these like little just like mental notes inside your head and just like focusing on like you and only you and not worrying about what anyone else is doing because as soon as like you start losing focus then you're gonna just start losing like yourself in the workout that's kind of like what keeps me going in a workout is just like those small goals that I set inside my head and then just passing one person at a time setbacks and injuries are part of training but Lauren doesn't think that should stop you from chasing your crazy dreams 
I've had my fair share of injuries, so it's obviously been really hard for me, like, just, like, overcoming these injuries and, like, just kind of taking a step back from, like, your training and everything. Um, in 2016 at the CrossFit Games, I was actually competing on a completely busted-up ankle, and I went and got an MRI after and found out that I had a two-centimeter tear in my uh, peroneal, like, brevis tendon, and then and I got surgery in 2017, for my ankle and so I only had half a season to train and I was still able to like manage to qualify for the CrossFit Games even though I wasn't even able to run jump squat below parallel until like January um so like I've had my fair share of injuries and honestly like so many people they get so bummed out and so depressed they're like what do you do when you get an injury and it's just like hey, like you have a hurt ankle or you have a hurt shoulder, but you also have other body parts. Like you can still train. Like for me, for example, like I had a busted up ankle. So like now I'm just going to get my shoulders really strong and I'm going to get my core really strong and work on these other areas that I wasn't able to focus on when you have your whole body healthy. And just you have to remember, like you're going to get stronger from it, like not just like physically, but mentally too. In a lot of ways, Lauren trained like a CrossFit athlete before there was CrossFit. She was always working on something new, a new sport, a new exercise, a new way to push herself. But she always showed up every single day. That's what just do it means to her. No one's going to do it for you. So you need to go out there and you need to make put in the work and you need to get after it. And that's what just do it is to me. Next, we had a visit from another person who knows a lot about fitness. Hey, I'm Kirsty Godso, Nike Master Trainer. Kirsty's based in New York, but she's in town and popped into our studio here at the Just Do It headquarters. Kirsty's originally from New Zealand and proud of it. We're the boutique version of Australia, so I think, you know, 90% of my life, people are like, this is Christy from Australia. I'm like, close? Uh, <laughs> I'm like, worst things to get worked up about. So you're, you're a Nike Master Trainer. What what does that mean to you? You know, people always talk about they're like, what does that what does that job actually mean? What do you do? And I'm like, well, we all bring our own special sauce to that title. What do you bring to the title? Like, what is it about you that is so special? Like, you know, to sit there or and I don't mean that in an arrogant sense, but I think it's like for me when I teach a class, I'm gonna leave my soul on the floor. Like that's my duty. Kirsty doesn't see fitness as a job. In fact, she's pretty much in love with sports. And she uses that attitude to her advantage in the gym. I just think sport is like one of the most beautiful things ever. And I think it's it's a privilege that we can move our bodies in general. But when you piece together these like sport-like movements into your training, you can just, some people that hate exercise, all of a sudden you just find out what sport it is that they love. And then you pull that into their training and it's like a game changer. Kirsty has lots of ways to motivate her training clients. And she told us about her first experience working with an elite Nike athlete. The first athlete I ever got to work with with Nike was actually Maria Sharapova. Wow. And it was amazing. Like I was still like we were in Australia. She We were in Melbourne. She was there for the Australian Open. And I mean, Maria's tall. Like I'm 5'8", but she is tall and and beautiful. And so I got to meet her like 30 seconds before I'm going to sit down and interview her in front of a group of media. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. We didn't even really get to crack the ice. And, um, there was a, she said, she like said a joke and she kind of like hit me on the knee. I was like, Oh my God, Maria 
pressure above it just touched me and I was like don't freak out remain calm and then um but she was I was so overwhelmed by how nice she is so I was really surprised at how nice she was anyway then I remember we were walking out to the stage to go lead a workout for 200 girls on this rooftop it was a cool little tennis court that we'd set up and we were doing her workout that was on the Nike training club app but I was teaching it so I was super nervous about that too and she was incredible she was so funny um she was getting out there she was telling everyone she's like come on like giving them grief she's like you can do more than that and like these girls were even like oh my gosh Maria Sharapova is talking to me like not knowing what to do but when we were walking out it was so funny I remember she turned and she looked at me and she goes I'm so nervous and I was like this is like one of the greatest tennis players in the world and she's nervous to us to just come stand in front of these girls and I and I remember just like kind of hitting her on the shoulder I was like no babe you'll be fine and I was like oh gosh Oh, I just called her babe. It's like a very New Zealand Australian thing right, too. Right. And she was laughing. She was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> she went with and it. I like totally calmed her down, but it was like so comforting to also, I was like, she's nervous. I was like, I'm walking out with Maria Sharapova. Like I'm so nervous. One thing Kirsty isn't nervous about anymore, helping people get fit. We've talked about how she helped people get and stay in shape. It all starts by looking inward. I just really want people to dial into like the right reasons why they're doing it. So I talk to people a lot. It's it's obviously changed many times over my journey, but my biggest thing has always been like, stop looking for this before and after moment because that's then you're missing your life. And it's everything that happens in between in that process that matters the most and that defines who you are. And Kirsty likes to tailor workouts for each athlete. So I try and use like specific things. I'm like one of these girls that I train who runs marathons. I know that the 25th kilometer is her. That's where she turns on. Like that's her thing. So when I've got her on the assault bike or doing something she really hates, I'm like, come on, come on, we're about to hit 25. And I see this look in her face and she's like. Kirstie's known for teaching and championing a particular kind of training regimen, high intensity interval training, also known as HIT training. She remembers her first time. By the way, the first time when you try like proper HIT training, like, and you don't know if you're dying or if you love it or like what's happening, um, and it takes you quite a while to process. Um, <laughs> I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And yeah. I was like, there's gotta be, there's gotta be a way that we can make this type of training more accessible to everyone because we want everyone to, you know, be healthier with their bodies and just like respect their bodies. High intensity has always been my heart. That's, but like anything, you know, use it, but don't abuse it. Like you got to do it in the right dose. It's like any, you know, it's like a medicine. Like if you overdo it, you're going to have adverse effects from it. Like, so again, coming back to that respect for the body, but it's a pretty aggressive way to train and it feels very confronting. You might be wondering what exactly is high intensity interval training? Well, Kirstie's happy to explain. Well, so you want to try and keep your heart rate over 85% for a certain percentage of your workout to make sure it's really, so like if you're authentically doing like a 30 minute HIIT workout, your heart rate's going to be over 85% for about 25 to 26 minutes of your workout, but you're intervaling, right? So you're spiking because you can't keep your heart rate up there. Kirsty has developed a particular HIIT move coined as a hot sauce burpee that I can only describe as adding an extra high speed yoga move into the middle of a standard burpee. I know, complicated. Google it, I promise you won't regret it. Kirsty told me that there are a bunch of varieties of hot sauce burpees. But I always say you can make them as spicy or as mild as you need, but all of the, we have five hot sauce burpees in the moment. There's a couple of others that we loosely have, but they all have like very unique characteristics. And whilst they just, I'm not about just making things that look cool. Like it has to have a functional purpose. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize that we're actually tricking them into doing something super functional. It's like the OG hot sauce burpee focuses on speed and plyometrics. The Sriracha focuses on stability and agility. And then you've got the Cholula, which is all about core strength and stability. 
and then the Tabasco is all about power and then the Bloody Mary is just all about everything. <laughs> it's like the whole whammy and then you can make a hot sauce tornado. So um, that's a hot sauce tornado. That's when you put them all together and that's like a brain game. Kirsty prepares for her tasty burpee varieties by living her whole life with fitness in mind. Even first thing in the morning, she's got a routine. I'll never hit snooze. Usually I wake up before my alarm. And I think it's just habit because my body knows I'm getting up. I try and get up with, if you, if you, the first thing you tell yourself in the day is you're like, oh man, I don't want to go to work today. Like that's the tone that you're going to set for your day. Really? I don't think so. Um, so I have a rule. I got to get up within like three seconds of my alarm going off. It used to be five, then it was three. And I fly out of bed. I always shower cold. I love cold showers. I shower cold year round, even when it's freezing in New York winter. No sleeping in and no hot showers? Man, Kirstie's hardcore. And she takes her nutrition just as seriously. She's got celiac disease, something that most people see as a limitation. But Kirstie, she's happy to have it. And even credits celiac with introducing her to the ketogenic diet. As a child, I was like two and I was fascinated with the French breadstick that was in the pantry or I'd grab the loaf of bread or like things like that and didn't realize I was actually just poisoning myself. And, and I actually kind of, I had then had like a very untrustworthy relationship with food because I was scared to eat food. So I would kind of rely on fruit or like kind of some shakes that I had like from the doctors and stuff. But it really made me just feel I was kind of like a bit defeated with food. And um, that was what, when I really first started training with my trainer, his name's Corey in New Zealand. And he's like amazing. He really, he really made me have such a respected relationship with food too. And, and that was when I first started kind of eating like in a ketogenic style, which actually for a celiac is phenomenal. I gave up eating rice and a lot of things like that when I first tried the keto diet and the, and the first, and then I just was like, I feel so much better without it. I'm just never going to add it back in. Like I'm insane with discipline, but, um, for me, my body thrives off protein and fat. So it's a great way for me to eat. Carbs make me feel super sleepy. I don't like feeling sleepy. Like I like being all engines going until like 8 p.m. kind of thing. Um, so having celiac has, has actually, I say it's a blessing. People are always like, oh man, that's so sad. Are you gutted? I'm like, no, I'm kind of honored. For all these reasons, training right and eating right, Kirsty really likes it here at the Just Do It headquarters. I mean, this is a dream space. Like it's incredible. Even like, you know, the um, Ryan and I, he's um, a Nike master trainer based in LA. He's such a legend. Um, we were like sitting in the um, Normatec, like recovery boots, doing our work emails and stuff. And I was like, oh, it's not bad <laughs> in between <laughs> teaching our workouts, you yeah. know, like, but you can just, I think inviting athletes, especially into a space where they feel like they can have an element of privacy, but it's like beautiful, but it's still gritty. Then it's got like the right nutrition here. It's, it's simplifying the work for them. What does just do it mean to you? Kind of really just means that. I'm like, what are you waiting for? Like you have, you're the only person that has the authority to author your life. So do it. Like actually just go and do it. Like take out the barriers. Most of the time we're the thing that's in our own way. Like don't be in your own way. That would be such a sad part to your story. Oh, I slowed myself down. I always say to people, I'm like, I dare you to see how beautiful you really are. And people are the most beautiful when they're just going after life. And while Kirstie's happy to be at the Just Do It headquarters, she was especially pleased with being in LA during a heat wave. We're in Los Angeles. It's 110 plus degrees today. That's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I like you, Los Angeles. You, you look good today. Kirstie Gatso, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. We heard from three people today who know a lot about fitness. 
CrossFit athletes Carl Saunders and Lauren Fisher, and Nike master trainer Kirsty Gatso. Yeah, there were some tips and tricks, but in the end, they're all fit women because they made a decision, made a commitment, and then got to work. They're all the embodiment of just do it. After my conversation with these women, I was inspired and left with a few takeaways. One of them being, there's power to shocking ourselves, reviving ourselves like the paramedics do. That feeling only comes when we challenge ourselves, when we get outside our comfort zone. And it goes outside of the gym. If you're a college student and taking on a new job that you're uncomfortable with, do it. If you're taking on a passion project and are worried about the risk, don't. Just do it. I did an intense workout here at Just Do It HQ, where I pushed the limit like I've never pushed it before. I felt like I was gonna die, but I survived and never felt more alive. I'm ready to get out of here and get another workout in. So it's time to wrap things up because I gotta go do some hot sauce burpees and throw out my last few bags of hot Cheetos. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. Every good review makes it easier for new listeners to find the show and hear from their favorite Nike athletes. Until next week, I'm Denise Jones. How will you chase your crazy dreams?